The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Have you ever thought about what it means to fear the Lord? In today's sermon, Elder Buddy Abernathy takes us to several places in the scripture which talks about fearing God. We will learn from this sermon that fearing God doesn't mean that you're constantly terrified of a wrathful God, but rather that you hold God in great awe. He is indeed an awesome God. Join us today as Brother Buddy teaches us about what it means to fear God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Hey, hey, hey. 
Solomon had pursued the best of what this world has to offer, which would include the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, he comes to the end of his experience and says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. It's all empty and meaningless. And the older a person gets, as they travel down that road, it will become more and more vain. And at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 12 and verse 13, he comes to this conclusion. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Now this is not only uh, the conclusion that he as the wisest man that has ever lived apart from Jesus came to conclude. But this is also God's inspired word. So we know that this is absolute truth. And one of the reasons this is in the Bible is so that you and I don't have to learn that lesson through experience, as Solomon did. We should be able to just accept the fact that this is what God said, and therefore we reach this conclusion, that our whole duty is to fear God and keep His commandments. Now, we often think about the importance of keeping the Lord's commandments or obeying what He would have us to do. But I want us to focus today on the first part of that statement where He says we are to fear God. Notice that precedes keeping His commandments. I believe the point there is that fearing God is the basis or the motivation for obeying the Lord. And to show you how important this is in terms of being the general theme of our attitude throughout life, we read in Peter's epistle, his first epistle, chapter 1 and verse 17, this little phrase. He speaks of passing the time of our sojourning here in fear. Notice that that's just to be my general attitude throughout my life. is to pass my sojourning here in fear. In the Bible, there are over 150 direct references to fearing God. And there are countless other examples and uh, scriptures from which you could conclude that we are to fear the Lord. Now I want us to see how this is in contrast to the philosophy the world has. And keep in mind that this is to be the ongoing attitude of the Lord's people and it is the basis or the motivation for everything we do in the service of God. Now the world will focus on Uh, success or what they sometimes call life mastery techniques 
or self-help seminars where the focus is on man. The emphasis is on the potential he has within himself. And the reason those things fail is because, as Brother Dalton said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And those types of programs appeal to the dark side of the heart. They appeal to the pride of man who wants to feel that he has the ability within himself to accomplish whatever he desires. So let's first of all see some direct instruction in the scripture uh, which speaks of how we should fear the Lord. And then we want to try to get a correct definition of it. Because one of the stumbling blocks to the Lord's people with regard to this subject is they don't have a correct understanding of it. And if you don't have a correct understanding, it can be a disability in your service to God. It'll it'll cause you to have the wrong attitude that uh, that should accompany uh, fearing the Lord. Uh, In Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 13, it says, Sanctify the Lord himself and let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Now notice what it says there. Sanctify, set apart the Lord himself. In other words, this is what you're to focus on. The word sanctify means to uh, set apart. Set apart God. This is uh, what is important. Uh, You're not to be distracted from this. You're not to mix in the Lord with the other philosophies of the world. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself and let him be your fear And let him be your dread. Now, when you read that word dread, you may reach the conclusion that that means that I'm to be afraid of God. That I'm to be intimidated by God. That he is one that I can't have a personal, uh, meaningful, comforting relationship with. The word dread there, though, uh, is synonymous with Uh, the word awe. So he's essentially saying God is awesome. You know that uh, young people think that today that's some new uh, expression that sounds cool. Well it was in the Bible. David said in uh, Psalm uh, 119 and verse 161 he said uh, princes have persecuted me without cause but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Amen. You see, God is awesome. Yes. His word is awesome. Amen. And the reason His word is awesome is because it is what God said. Amen. The word of God is to be equated with God in the sense that this is what He has spoken to us. Now, when you think about that word all, that doesn't mean that you are uh, trembling and fearful of God. 
And, but it also doesn't mean that you have a casual relationship with God. Right. See, that's the emphasis of modern religion. Let's just dumb God down. You know, God's my friend. God's my pal. Uh, and, you know, he. this is just a, a cool relationship. And we meet together to worship. And we come as we are. And we're just very casual and relaxed. And yet we read in the book of Ecclesiastes that God is in heaven and we're upon earth. So when we come to the house of God, let your words be few. You know, today people often think that when you worship, you need to jump and be loud and celebrate and be happy. But the Bible emphasizes the importance of being quiet. Let your words be few. Uh, Many people think that you're not really worshiping God unless you're moving with the music and you're all animated. But the Bible teaches just the opposite. God is awesome. Yes. Not in the way we think of the word, but in the but in this sense that we stand in a reverential wonder Amen. and amazement right. of him. Amen. Do a study sometime about all the characters of the Bible that saw God. They didn't leave saying, as people do today, well, I'm going to start giving seminars on my experience with God. You know what Isaiah did? He said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean uh, lips. Have you ever noticed that in the book of Revelation, those seraphims, I believe it was two of their six wings that they covered their faces. You know why? Because they were in the very presence of God. One of the apostles, I believe it was, said to the Lord, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. So they weren't all boastful and writing books about how, uh, how they saw God, but they, they saw how little they were in God's sight. So sanctify the Lord Himself and let Him be your fear and let Him be your dread. Now let's try to get a true understanding of the fear of God. First of all, fearing God is not at odds with forgiveness. A lot of people have that view of God. You know, the the, uh, Muslim religion and many other false religions teach that there's this God that's not happy with you and you need to spend your life trying to make him happy. He's this being that really doesn't have a personal relationship with you, but you need to try to do things so that you can please him and be accepted by him. But our God's not that way. Look, for example, uh, in uh, Psalm uh, 130, verse 4. The psalmist says, But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. 
You know, we're prone to think of that as a conflict. Uh, man's prone to think of God as, as someone would think of a bully. I remember in school, my third day in, a, in high school, at a new school, there was a boy who bullied me. And I was afraid of him. I was terrified whenever I was uh, around him. God's not that way. God is a loving Father. God is one who, yes, He disciplines us, but we know He does that because He loves us and He wants to save us from the pitfalls of life. There is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. You see, you could not fear God in the sense of what the Scriptures say about it if there wasn't forgiveness. But a proper fear of God recognizes that He is holy, holy, holy. And as Isaiah said, the whole earth is full of His glory. And we see ourselves as but dust. But thankfully the Bible says He knoweth our frame. That we are but dust. But He loves us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now in Psalm 103 and verse 13, it said, But as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. You see the relationship under consideration here? Not a harsh, cruel taskmaster with regard to whom you're afraid he's going to throw the whip over your back if you don't keep working the way you should. That's not what's under consideration. But in the same way as a father pitieth his children. Now we're not speaking of a lenient father. You know, if a father is lenient, his children don't respect him because they know they can get away with anything. But the the children who have a a father who is firm, if he's the kind of father he should be, they're not afraid of him. As a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them uh, that fear him. Notice also in Psalm 103 and verse 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. And look also in this same uh, psalm at verse uh, 17. He says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him and His righteousness unto children's children. The point is this, that to fear God is to see Him in His awesomeness and to see how much He loves us and cares for us and pities us because we do fear Him. The way to see if you fear God is to ask yourself this question. Do I go through life every day 
even when I am in circumstances or situations or around people that have no fear of God, that don't care about God, that even hate God and despise God, when I'm in those situations, are you saying to yourself, God is awesome and I'm going to go with what He says. That's what it means to fear God. That He has all power in heaven and earth and I don't care where I am or what other people are saying, I'm going to do what the Lord says. No wonder the Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 26 says, in the fear of the Lord, there is confidence. You see, in the fear of the Lord, there's not dread. There's not restlessness. There's not terror in the presence of the Lord. Though our God is terrible, our God is a consuming fire, but unto His children that reverence Him and see Him as awesome, they have great confidence because they know as long as I obey the Lord, He's with me. You know, you've probably heard the story about the little boy that is being bullied on the playground. Uh, He's being uh, beat up. And then the biggest boy in the school becomes his friend. And then the next day, that big boy goes with him and that bully comes around and the little boy's not afraid because he knows who's backing him up. Amen. Well, God's backing you up. When you're following Him, these other people that want to intimidate you and and say they're going to bring harm to your life, all you've got to say is, hey, God's backing me up. Because He pitieth them that fear Him. So in the fear of the Lord, there is confidence. Now, I want to make application of this to an environment that is very unfriendly to those that fear the Lord. And that's the college environment. Now I want to preface this by saying I know that there are God-fearing people that are professors in college. But you know as well as I do that it seems like that that field just attracts people that have no fear of God. And I'm amazed at how worse, how much worse it is from when I was in college. I've talked to some of my children and some of the others here, and I'm just dumbfounded at the fact that there is no fear of God. It reminds me of what Abraham said when he was at the place uh, where Abimelech was king. And you remember the occasion when he lied and said uh, uh, that Sarah was his sister to try to uh, protect himself. And one of the statements he said that motivated him to do that was he said, the fear of the Lord is not in this place. Now, that didn't make it right for him to do that. But it made him afraid of that environment. Because the fear of the Lord is not in this place. Well, the first thing you need to keep in mind 
when you are under the instruction of a person who evidently has no fear of God is just to tell yourself what's in Proverbs 14 and 1. It says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So you're paying a lot of money to sit under the teaching of a fool. That's, that's not good, is it? You're paying all that money and you're sitting under the teaching of a fool. And you know, uh, uh, the reason, one of the reasons that you're able to understand that what he's teaching is foolish and no good is because, as Brother Chris referenced Wednesday night, in Proverbs 9.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Without the fear of the Lord, you can't even start to be wise. That's right. And so if you have a professor that doesn't fear God, he hasn't even started to be wise. That's right. And I want to show you how plain the Bible makes that. Look at uh, Psalm uh, 119 and verse 99. And, and I, I trust that you young people can relate to this. When you're sitting in that college class under the teaching of a professor, that has no fear of God. He says in Psalm 119 verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers for thy testimonies are my meditation. There's a difference between intellect and understanding. There's a difference between knowledge as far as the accumulation of worldly knowledge is concerned and Bible wisdom. Amen. And yes, you may not can compete with them on an intellectual level. You may not know all the factual information they know about a certain subject. But you can sit there when they are addressing moral issues and you can say to yourself, I have more understanding on that than this PhD does. And the reason you do is because God's testimonies are your meditation. You know what it means to meditate? It means to turn something over and over in your mind. You know, there's been at least two college students in this church that have told me that they've been in classrooms where they focused on the homosexual agenda. One of them was a speech class, and the other one was some type of law class. I mean, why would you even address that in those classes? And so you can be in circumstances like that, and you can just meditate upon this. As they're telling you all that nonsense, you can just be saying, in the beginning, God made them male and female. Just let that turn slowly in your mind while that fool is up there uh, supposedly teaching you something of value. So what do we need? We need to associate ourselves with people that do fear God. Amen. Look at Psalm 119 and verse 63. I am a companion of all them that fear thee. 
and of them that keep thy precepts. You know, I believe that's why you young people enjoy being together. Is because you're companions with those that fear the Lord. And if a young person comes in here that doesn't fear God, we're going to drive them out. We're going we're to encircle them and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk to them. And I'm not saying we shouldn't try to influence them with the things of God. But if, if their mission is to influence us right. with the things of the world, then they have no place Amen. here. Amen. That's right. And I'm thankful that I believe that right now, we do not have that type of leaven among us. Amen. You know, leaven in the Bible represents that which is immoral or it represents unsound doctrine. And the nature of leaven is to spread and influence the whole. It doesn't remain idle. Leaven is active. And that's why it's so important that we be on guard. So though you have to go to college... And you get all down and you get all discouraged and you say, am I the only person that thinks right? Well, then you can get together and be companions with those that fear the Lord. And you can be encouraged. And what better place, what environment is more conducive to this than the church itself? Look in Acts chapter 9 and verse 31 what the experience of the church was here. Acts chapter 9 and verse uh, 31 it says, uh, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Amen. Notice some of the words associated with fearing the Lord. Rest yes. is one of those words. Comfort. And they were also edified. Amen. So you see, Bible fear is actually that which comforts you and gives you rest because you understand that God rules over all things. Why? The president's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. You know, the, the, the book of Psalms says when the kings rise up against him, it says, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Right. Why, you little grain of sand, who do you think you are? You know, when Job wanted to tell his goodness to the Lord, it was almost like a boxing match. And Job didn't get any punches in. The Lord said, where were you when I formed the world? You know, where were you when I did this? And he just knocked him out with truth, didn't he? And Job didn't get up. Matter of fact, he ended up by saying, I abhor myself. I tell you, that's revelation, isn't it? When you abhor yourself and repent in sackcloth and ashes. Job came to the point that he truly understood what it meant to fear God. Now one more thing we want to emphasize. Fearing God is not just something that you have or don't have. Now I realize that the new birth 
is a great transformation. In Romans 3.18, Paul, this is one of the most detailed, if not the most detailed language in Scripture in describing man when he's not born of the Spirit. And one of the things he says is there is no fear of God before his eyes. The psalmist said his eyes stand out with fatness. No fear of God before his eyes. And when the Lord deals with us, that gives us an awareness of the existence of God. Remember Paul on the road to Damascus? The beginning of that trip, he was all puffed up with what he was going to do. But when the Lord got through with him, you remember what he said? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He learned what it meant to fear the Lord. But you know, this is something we're to grow in. Look at Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 11. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Notice he says, he's praying uh, that he would hear his prayer. We desire to fear thy name. Now obviously the the point here isn't that Nehemiah has no fear of God and he wants to start fearing the Lord. That's sort of like saying that a person that's not born again, who's dead in sins, can pray that the Lord will make him want to be born again. It would be just as foolish. What he's saying here, Lord, is, I want to fear you more. I want to reverence you more. I want to, I want to have that daily experience of not being afraid of man. Amen. See, John said, perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love results from understanding what it means to fear God. Someone once said, the reason we fear man so much is because we fear God so little. Amen. You ever been that way? But the fear of man bringeth a snare, but he he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And then look at Psalm 34, 11. Come ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. This is David speaking, a man that had a lot of experience with the Lord in his life. Here was a man that committed adultery and cried out, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And then on another occasion it was said of him that he was a man after God's own heart. Here was a man that had the experience of many of God's children, but he had learned the fear of the Lord. And may this describe us. Come, ye children. Is not that the call of the church? Is not that the call of the preacher? Is that not the call of God's Word? Come, ye children. Hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What a blessing it is to have that foundation of fearing God. But then you need to learn more and more about how to fear Him how to walk 
in a way that shows that you honor him and you don't care what man may say. Amen. You know, that was actually said on one occasion when, he, when the Hebrew writer said, let your conversation be without covetousness. And it goes on to say that I may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Let us continue to try to grow in our fear of the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.